and you mentioned nervous system and regulation a few times and I really wanted to dive in to this with you because and I'd love to get your view on this but I see an explosion in the parenting industry right now so many scripts tips hints and in a way it's fantastic in a way what I notice in my life is that if I don't have a regulated system, if I'm not regulated, I can be saying all the right scripts in the world. I can be reading all the books. None of it seems to work. What seems to work is when I regulate, ground myself, it almost doesn't matter as much. The words that I say to my children, it just works easier. Does that make sense that I would be experiencing that? 100%. I mean, we are intuitive, energetic creatures whose nervous system is always scanning on alert for other energies, for happenings, always geared, looking for the possible threat at hand. So to simplify that, we could be saying one thing and energetically we're communicating a completely different thing. And because one of the main tasks, which is why parenthood is an entire, is enormous of a job is the language really that comes to mind is to create that safe container, to create the safe environment, which begins in the nervous system in your own body. So again, this is why do as I say, not as I do, isn't the reality that we're going to experience. We are always attuning to the energies of other people around us. And even if we have someone saying the right things and their nervous system is in their own stress response, their muscles are tense, their heart is beating so fast, and they're telling you to calm down, you're going to feel the energy that their body is communicating. And this evolved actually out of our own survival, our own ability to join together in a band or a group of other humans and to have that verbal, that languageless, I should say, communication system, being able to attune and notice if there is a happening in the other side of town, having it communicated through town will increase the likelihood of you finding safety in that moment. So we are wired to connect with other people and there's value in having that nonverbal communication system, which is always sending signals to other people, which is why I'm sure listeners who have had the same experience, I'm saying the right things, yet I'm not getting the change. And because the message your body might be sending is completely in opposition to what you're very well intentionally trying to speak. It goes back to what we were saying right up top, doesn't it? That it's so counterintuitive for parents to tend to ourselves first. But personally, I'm coming to see it's the most effective parenting strategy out there. Get yourself grounded, regulated, conscious. And that's why these, you know, actions of self-care, centering them around, first and foremost, even just compassionate nervous system awareness. I'm imagining some of you listening may be like, oh, geez, I do. I scream, I yell when I'm upset at my child and that's not how I want to react or I shut down completely. I, you know, I avoid them. I ice them. I can't even be around them when they're in this state of upset. And I'm really simplifying and generalizing all of the spectrum of things that you might as a listener be feeling shameful of because in your heart of hearts, you very much compassionately want to create that safe space that I was just discussing, be that point of contact of regulation, though, because of your own past circumstances, you know, environments you grew up in, tools that were modeled, the lack of safety that I imagine you had with your own caregivers has now created a circumstance of reactivity where no matter how much you want differently, until, of course, you begin to create that safety for yourself, which might mean like 
earlier we were sharing, not going into that room immediately, delaying so that you can embody yourself, notice that you are reactive and feeling really tense. So if you do open that door, it might be the straw that broke the camel's back and now you are yelling. So if you can give yourself right this moment of grounded presence, maybe some deep belly breathing to calm that quickened breath to regulate, that might actually open up the possibility to respond in that new way. Because what we will all do as humans, when our nervous system is dysregulated, which happens when we are feeling threatened, we'll return to those earliest strategies of screaming, of yelling, of shutting down, of icing, even if we quote unquote know better, because that's all wired again into our subconscious, literally into our nervous system. And it's the only way that at one time we were able to create safety. So we keep throwing that assumption over our current moments. In the meantime, we're hurting ourselves. We're hurting our loved ones because there is that part in our heart that feels very shameful after the fact. It just connects me with so much compassion for all parents, especially mothers, because it's so stress inducing, particularly being around young children who just are, you know, so stressful. And it's fascinating my experience with this because I noticed when my little one was quite little and she would start to have very big emotions, I would dissociate. Because exactly as you're describing, that's how I handled big emotion. And I suddenly realized, oh my gosh, I am dissociating when she needs me most. I then went back to, I'd been in therapy a long time, but I went back to therapy when she was six months to unpack all of that. And it was just mind blowing to me, but it makes complete sense. In times of stress, I've got a six month old, unconsolably crying. My nervous system can't handle that. And I would literally dissociate, wander off in my mind. I have so much compassion for me and for all mothers that experience that. All the other side, you know, screaming, shouting, you know, the range of what our nervous system can do. I really appreciate you sharing that, Zoe. And I appreciate hearing you intro the opportunity, the space for compassion for yourself too. Because the little you, the child that was once a child that I'm assuming to some extent had the unavailability, right, of caregivers in childhood enough to navigate emotion so much that you did feel overwhelmed, much like I did having a dissociated parent. Everything was overwhelming. So I dissociated. I disconnected just like I saw mom do. I'm really happy to hear the compassion held for yourself because there is that little being that in your own emotional world, probably disconnects, just like you said, every time things feel so emotional. So not only are we doing it for all of you listening that are parents and caregiving, I'm not able to show up or be present or I explode emotionally when my child is having an emotion, chances are you don't give yourself the space to be with in your own presence of your own emotions. Because again, you adapt it, that state of disconnection or explosion, whatever it might be for you, because you didn't have that in yourself in childhood. And it's, again, we can only give or meet someone in our depth of knowing ourselves. which means how present am I to the different emotions I'm having? Am I able to navigate them and remain grounded and as responsive as possible so that then I can do that in presence of now my child who I'm modeling doing that for? I mean, you're spot on. That's exactly the work that I did. I had a luckily a great therapist and we just practiced anger. We practiced anger loads, getting angry. We practiced uncontrollable sobbing. We practiced it. And it was just absolutely fascinating. The more that I did that, now my children can have monumental meltdowns and I feel safe and grounded and I help them feel safe and grounded. And it's just, I get emotional talking about it because it's that cycle 
had I not had the privilege in some way to access that ability, you know, I would have kept dissociating and then my children would have likely, who knows, they could have then gone on to learn that dissociative pattern as well. And so it would have carried on. And I think this is one of those moments too, where it is like counterintuitive mixed with a little bit of, at least as far as I perceive it to be cultural messaging that we should, I think a lot of us are given the belief again, because of the limitations, lack of resources in what we were taught in our childhood. And again, I think some of it is reflected societally that the goal is to not be bothered to go through life emotionless or just kind of coasting on an okay, you know, plateau. And that isn't in my opinion, what life's about. Life is about navigating all of the different colors of the emotional experience that living is. So it's so beautiful to even hear you describe so much of your own healing was getting in touch with your own emotions, not to just paint this worry-free, happy all the time experience for your children, that actually you allowing your anger, your rage, whatever it is for you, your sadness to be present, allowed then the presence of emotions in a safe, contained way for our children, because that is our goal. That is how we develop stress or emotional resilience is by having emotions in that safe container, not losing the connections with those who matter the most to us. We might need space, but our relationship isn't threatened. We can return, repair, reconnect in those moments. That is the greatest gift of navigating the human experience because emotions will forevermore and we want them to continue to be part of our experience because they're valuable. They give us life. They give us information. And again, I think some of us have been raised either within systems that weren't safe to express emotions or some of us do get this idea culturally that again, the idea is to be happy all the time or joyful all the time. We can't have those emotions without the rest of the emotional spectrum. 